Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Hey, Dub, what's the good word, fam? Man, I've been good, friends. But have you been watching um, Power Book Force? Ho, 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 have I ever. Now, listen, audience, spoiler alert, because I'll tell you one thing, A-Dub. I got to get your thoughts because I thought episode one was like, meh. But then episode two, though, that shit was fire, yo. It was fire. Hey, man. Episode two was like, hey, Tommy Egan back, bro. I'm yes, like, sir. <laughs> my man on a mission now, Brez. But episode one, I was kind of like, where's this shit going, A-Dub? I was like, what we doing? <laughs> what we doing? I was lost too. episode one. I was trying to figure shit out. I'm like, what's going on with this show, right? What they trying to accomplish here? But then episode two just hit us with everything, bro. And I'll say this, man. Oh, girl offering that soup. I was like, shit, that soup look good. Can I get some soup? <laughs> <laughs> right, you're sharing it, baby. You're sharing it. <laughs> she kept throwing it out there. I'm like, I don't think what she talking about is on the menu. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly, man. She already saw him fucking up, dude. And she was like, your soup is ready. I was like, oh, damn, Tommy. <laughs> hey, man, Tommy done cracked the code. <laughs> so my thing is this. It was kind of dope how... He posted up in Chicago. So, audience, if you guys ain't checking out uh, Power Book Forces, y'all are doing yourselves a disservice because this thing here is going to be the next best thing in that damn Power Book uh, universe, bro. Yeah, it is, Perez. I'm looking forward to watching this series, man. Yeah, is a new episode coming out this weekend? Because, you know, sometimes they be playing these games where they give you a couple episodes and they'll take a break. Uh, do you know if they're going to be kicking off this weekend? I don't know, man. You know, there's got to be some money involved when it comes to 50, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, but I'm just saying because sometimes, I mean, especially with it being All-Star Weekend, I don't know if they're going to do a new episode, but I hope so. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see, bro. I hope so, too. But no, nah, man, that show been fire, bro. Like I said, that second episode, I had to watch that shit twice. I liked it so much. I was like, man, Tommy Egan ain't playing no games out here, bro. So it ain't just me watching it twice, then. That's a good thing to know. <laughs> no, man. Uh-uh. Now, I tell you, I ain't watched that first episode twice, though. <laughs> oh, hell no. Hell no, man. I moved on that show, that first one, man. I'm like, nah, I ain't feeling that one too much. But you're right. That second one, man, I had to watch again because I ain't want to miss no detailed information. It was too much shared in there, friends. It was way too much. Now that I'm thinking about this, Dub, you and I, man, next year, not this year because we got too much shit going on right now. 
But I think next year, man, we should start doing some power recaps on YouTube or something like that. Now that I know that you watch the show like I do, I bet that should be kind of fun. Oh, man. You know, I'm down with that, bro. I could talk about that all night long. <laughs> man. And also, too, you know, we'll be on that tripping the fuck out. So, yeah, I think that's something we might want to uh, revisit later. But not now. Yes. We got too much going on covering all these damn games. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but speaking of which, man, you of I, bro. Now, this has been an interesting time with this team because Sunday they beat Northwestern. And I was there covering that game live. But I'll tell you one thing. That first half of that game, A-Dub, Illinois was rolling. But the second half of that game, they looked like a totally different team. And, in fact, A-Dub, they looked like a team that wasn't ready to be a, a significant factor in the, in the NCAA tournament. They sleepwalked in the second half of that game. It almost looked like they played down to their competition, and they almost lost. Yeah, man, those are all facts right there, Perez. And with that, man, the turnover, the, the ball so much, man, it got under my skin, Perez. Like, man, make a good entry pass. Kofi, hold on to the ball, man. You know the double team is coming. It's yes. just so much that happened with that game, Perez. It just pissed me off in that second half. Because you're right, that first half, we was rolling, bro. Yep. Second half, different story, man, for sure. And to your point about Kofi, he brought that up in the presser. He said, I had a career high six turnovers today. And so, A-Dub, I like that point that you were making because that's where it's immediately where my head went in that moment. I'm like, Kofi, you know the double team's coming. You've been prepared for this shit your whole career. You know when the Big Ten, they coming for you. They loading up on you. Get the ball out. <laughs> you exactly. got to anticipate that double. Got to know where it's coming from, man. You normally know where it's coming from. What happened in the game, you know? So he got to be better in that, in that process. Yeah, but he admitted that he got frustrated, and so he just said, because I asked, I said, hey, so what are you going to do differently when it comes to that double team? And he just said, hey, it's just all about me being focused, trying to slow the game down, and not rushing things. Because you saw, he just looked like he was just playing at a speed that the game wasn't really being played at. And he, like I said, he's still learning. And this is one of the reasons why I was glad that he came back to college this year, because I said, this is an example of something that he needs to clean up in his game. Because if you see him having this struggle here, what you think would have been in the NBA if you'd have played there or in the G League? Right, Perez, right. And that's a good point you brought up right there, man, with the fact that coming back to school, things to learn, you know. And I think he realized that that's the area that he's still evolving in, still growing in. And the good thing, he recognized him. When you talk with him, what happened? He's throwing it out there to you, letting you know that, hey, I still got to clean this up, though. Yeah, no, he's and he's a he's a self-aware kid. And that's the thing that I like about Kofi. He's polite in the interview. He's not going to be a jerk. And – the biggest thing is he's going to put the, the focus on himself. He never talks about what somebody else on the team could do and or what they could have done. He's always talking about what he's doing and what he could do better, and I like that. And also, too, even despite those turnovers, A-Dub, he still put up a double-double. Yep, yeah, even with a bad game. But he still did it part of his job. We just, of course, wanted better to happen. But the thing is, this guy is still a kid who can really play well for us, Perez. We're still, been, still putting it together. And we see a lot of great games out of him. But you're right. We just also see where he can also continue to improve as well. And we had an R.J. Melendez game. And I had to go up on Twitter and say, give me more R.J. Melendez. I even asked Coach Underwood about that in the presser. And, you know, he didn't really give me what I was expecting to get. Because, I mean, this is the problem. This team is such a veteran team. You got guys like Grandison and Williams. And, you know, he leans on those guys, right? Right. So if he's cutting those guys' minutes, then it's going to – well, if he's giving Melendez and, and Luke Goody um, and Podzinski more minutes, it's coming at the expense of some of the guys that's been here done that. So I'm looking at Brad and I'm like, well, you're probably not in the ideal situation because 
Grandison and Williams have earned their minutes, but I also think so has Melendez and so has Luke Goody. So he's in a tough situation because a lot of people want him to play the freshman more. And I'm telling you, R.J. Melendez in that Northwestern game, I was like, boy, he is dripping with all kind of potential, dude. Man, Prez, I'm glad you brought him up because I was impressed with him. I mean, of course, we know he can shoot the threes, Prez, but I was like, man, I was impressed with the fact of his defense as well. I mean, the block shot he got, I said, man, the kid is learning the game, man. And um, if he continues to operate in that area, oh, man, he's going to be fine. Yeah, he's going to be fine. I think, though, the challenge is going to be with Brad figuring out those lineups because I think it's getting close to him needing to tweak that lineup a little bit. That's something I'm really close to asking about. I'm, I'm trying to fill him out because sometimes, you know, you ask the coach about their lineups. They may not respond too well with that, but it's just something that's been in the back of my mind because when I look at that damn Rutgers game, we got worked. We got fucking worked. Man, that Rutgers game ticked me off, Prez. But, man, I was so ticked off with our energy level, Prez. We didn't play well. I mean, the energy just wasn't there. We weren't running. We weren't hustling hard as I thought we would be able to. It just wasn't a good game overall. And that team outworked us and out-hustled us. Yeah, and, and Brad talked about that. We met with him yesterday. He did his um, uh, preview for the, um, uh, the Michigan State game that's going to be uh, later on this afternoon. And A-Dub... Brad had me rolling because he talked about the same thing that you just said right there. They got out hustled. He said that team fought them, and he said they didn't respond. He basically said we got our asses kicked. And Brad <laughs> talked about when he was younger, how when 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 you wanted to duke it out with somebody, he said they met at Pizza Hut parking lot. So he said if anybody if anybody <laughs> wants to find him, he'll be at Pizza Hut in two and a half hours. I was like, okay, Brad wants to smoke. <laughs> yeah, he does want the smoke, man. Hey, I like that analogy right there, Prez. That's a good analogy of how this team fought against us, man. But you know what, Prez? Like you said, man, we just got to step our game up man, as a team and really fight through this as well. I think the first time we beat them by, what, 30-plus? And then here we go. We, we lack on this year. So we got to be ready for those fights like that. Well, it was different because you remember the first time we played them, I was covering it live. That was yep. the game that Coleman Hawkins shut down Ron Harper Jr., Right, and it was just a different vibe in that ball game. I thought we were tough for them, but I guarantee you, bro, they coach reminded them of that game in Champaign. I'm <laughs> telling you, they was ready. They came, man, ready to fight, bro. It's just like Underwood described it, and they just came out from the start to finish, man, trying to put us away. And somehow we just couldn't get into that game, man. I'm like, we just don't look right, man. And I thought part of it was us too, Perez. Like, did we go in this game thinking because we blew them out the first time that we'll just do it again easily? Well, look, these guys came prepared. And the thing is, let's us know that we got to fight every time we go out there, man. We do. And to the point I was making just a second ago, we need more R.J. Melendez. It's frustrating, man, that he's yep. not playing more. Because think about it. We need a spark in that game against Rutgers on Wednesday. Who could have given us that spark? I think R.J. could have. I totally agree. Guess what, Prez? I didn't see RJ into the second half, really. It disappointed me, too. I'm with you, Prez. I said, man, come on, man. We've seen this kid. He's been turning up lately. Hey, why not give him the minutes? It's nothing against the other guys, the starters, Prez. You're right, no. the, the veterans. It's nothing against them. It's just that we see something going. We see how the game is going. We got to adjust. That's what adjustment should have been made at, right, with him. And and, and that's a fair point because – and I'm not going to criticize Coach Underwood. I know there was a lot of people on social media. They were going after him. I think he's done a fine job with this team. I just think that these are just some things with him. He just really believes in his super seniors, and that's fine. However, right. these freshmen, man, I think they're ready, and they're knocking at the door, and they deserve an opportunity because after Melendez had that 14-point game against Northwestern in those limited minutes, I thought that I thought that performance 
afforded him more playing time. I guess Brad had other ideas. <laughs> yeah, Brad was thinking like you and I, friends, for sure. But I'm with you, man. I think this kid is actually showing us that he's actually earned it. So nothing wrong with giving the guy more minutes when he earned it, Perez, right? Yeah, I mean, because, okay, so he played 11 minutes in that game against Rutgers, which I thought if your team is 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 needing a spark, you saw how they were down most of that second half, I would expect that, that kid to get more than what he got. And even still, he had 10 points in the game. Yeah, yeah. RJ is showing us, Perez that he has gotten better over time and that he's ready to continue to play. So with that, he may have graduated, right, Press to the next step, man. And I think when they graduate like that, you got to roll with it. It's nothing against anyone else that you and I talked about, but you got to roll with it. And I think that's something Underwood may think about doing maybe against Michigan State, right? He may decide that you know, I got to give him a little more time. Because I'll just be honest here, and this is not me piling on Brad, but I thought he got out coached on Wednesday. I really oh, did. Yeah. I um, thought so too. Yeah, and it seems to me, now, this is just one press speaking here, audience. I'm not, I'm not trying to act like I know anything, but I'm just saying I feel that he's having a hard time managing this team right now. Because as I mentioned, you got a lot of veterans on this team, but then you got that mix of these young freshmen that are just waiting in the wings. And he's probably struggling trying to balance all that, how to find the right mix of players. But the one point that I brought up earlier, though, A-Dub, is I think they need to tweak that starting lineup. I really do. It's time. You know what? It, it might be time, Press. It might be time to tweak the starting lineup. I, I'm thinking about it now, and it's really just hitting me now as we think about the games that have been played, Perez. It might be a good time to do that, to shift some things up, because this might give us an extra spark as well with shifting the lineup a little bit. So I think that's a good problem the coach that has right now with players, but also you got to be willing to adjust to that too. Yeah, and I would say this. The, 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 the easiest fix for me, and and I feel bad for saying this because this is a kid that I got a ton of respect for. But I think you swapped out Jacob, Jacob Grandison for R.J. Melendez. To me, that's a no-brainer. I think in this Michigan State game, that's who I hope to see in the starting lineup. Bring Grandison off the bench. I think that Grandison has struggled to find his shot. Brad's even mentioned it in the presser. He said he loves the kid, but he's got to make shots. Well, guess what? Yeah, I realize that Jacob Grandison does other things out there, defense, passing, all those other good things. However, he's not hitting his shots. And my thing is, bring a guy off the bench. Maybe he needs to serve some time to kind of get back into the swing of things. But you got a guy like RJ who's starting to show up and he's coming, he's coming strong. Get him in the lineup. We got the Big Ten tournament coming up. We got the NCAA tournament. We're trying to win the Big Ten conference. Come on, coach. Got to make a move there, coach. And the other thing, Perez, I don't think it would hurt um, Grandison's confidence if he was to be, you know, come off the bench. You know, he still gets the minutes, of course, you know, but I don't think it would hurt his confidence. So I think from your perspective, it's right to, you know, maybe make some change with having RJ go out there and let him continue to evolve. Yeah. And now another thing, too, and people are probably going to come for me when I say this, but I think they got to find a way to get Andre Cabello into the starting lineup. I know, audience, you guys are like, but hey, man, they played him 19 minutes and he didn't do shit. I understand. But I think Corbello being on the bench, he's a point guard. Trent Frazier is not a point guard. I love Trent Frazier. But Trent Frazier is being put into a position where it's not his strong suit. Get the ball back into Corbello's hands and let Trent Frazier play off the ball. Let Trent Frazier go on back to being that disruptor that he was. Because right now, they are putting too much on Trent Frazier. Let's get Corbello back in that lineup. But I know also people are like, well, Perez, if they do that, then that means that Plumber's coming off the bench. Listen, Brad's got to figure it out. That's why he's paid the big bucks. I'm just telling you that I would like to see Curbelo back in that starting lineup. That's all I'm saying. 
impressed. But Carvello being back in the starting lineup, maybe that'll be a good thing to reduce some of these turnovers as well. So I think we've been having too many lapses at times when it comes down to Plummer and Fraser when they turn the ball over. We saw it last game. <laughs> we saw it against Northwestern as well. It's like these guys sometimes, you know, get a little bit careless with the ball. One point though, A-Dub, just think about this though. Cabello turns the ball over a lot and gets very careless with that handle. So that aspect of things, you're just going to have to live with when it comes to Cabello. For me, I was just speaking more of, hey, this guy can move that offense. You see how when he came back against Purdue, how he was getting open looks for his teammates, how he was right. getting into the lane. I want to see that Cabello again. And I think that gearing up for this playoff, I mean, giving up for this turning run, I would love to see Andre Cabello back in that starting lineup. But at the same time, Alfonso Plummer has been tremendous. Now, as of late, you know, he's kind of been, you know, finding his way. He, he hasn't played, in my opinion, like he did earlier in the season, but Alfonso Plummer has still been a hell of a player and a hell of a gift for us. I think Brad's going to have to do a really big soul search and figure out the right combination <laughs> to get this thing right. Because right now, I just don't think that he's playing the right combination of players. The thing is, Perez, he has a good problem on his hands. When you have a it lot of guys, <laughs> when you have a lot of guys who can play well, you're like, um, who do I want to go with? But you're right. That's why coaches get paid the big bucks to figure it out. So this is where he's gonna have to really go into the lab and just take the pride of it out of it, Perez. I mean, start to take the ego out of it and just uh -huh. make the right decision. That's right. No, I, and and that's a fact. And that's facts right there. Now we got Michigan State coming up on the calendar, a dub, and that's gonna be a really good matchup because we saw when. Michigan State came to Champaign and how that game came down to the wire. That was a physical ball game, and I expect nothing less of that in today's game because you know how the Big Ten gets in general. It's, yeah. it's a bloodbath. And <laughs> those, those doubles are coming for Kofi, and it's going to be a matter of how he answers the bell. Max Christie, their super freshman, how's he going to respond? Because in that first game, Trent Frazier locked his ass down. Does he remember that performance, and does he step his game up in this game? Those are the things that I'll be watching for in this game against Michigan State. Oh, a lot of things to watch out for, right? Because I think Kofi didn't play the first time around. Um, nope. And now he's going to be playing this time. You're right. It's how he's going to adjust and get better from the last game he played. And then you hit a good point, though, man, with Frazier. <laughs> Garden dude, that's going to be tough right there. Because I know he, he heard all the questions about what Frazier did to him and locked him up, Frizz. So, hey, that's going to be a good matchup to watch. So I'm looking forward to that, too, man. And also, too, in that presser, when I asked Coach Izzo, I said, hey, what is your team learning from that? And he said, hey, we got punched in the mouth. We didn't respond. And he was so subdued when he gave that answer. I was like, I guarantee you when we play them again, them motherfuckers going to be ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a good matchup, bro. This is going to be a dog fight, too. Because he just had that look on his face like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> we'll right. go, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're coming back, right? He got that look like we're going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. But no, man, I'm looking forward to it, and and we'll definitely see what's going on. Uh, going, for, we'll we'll definitely talk to you guys all this about our thoughts about Michigan State, and we'll also do our uh, preview uh, for the game next week that we'll be going to cover as well. So we got Ohio State coming up, so that's going to be another good battle there, and a good matchup, and another good game down there in Champaign. But a dub, let's circle into our Windy City Bulls content for a second. We saw that the Windy City Bulls had a couple games this week. Once again, one against the herd, they were able to hang on to that game. But I thought the game was a little sloppy at times. A-Dub, let me get your thoughts on what you thought and what you saw. I thought Dotson, man, um, in that game, you know, um, played well against the herd. You know, I think uh, overall, you're right, he had, we were a little sloppy out there. But I thought he kind of helped keep the composure going on. He stayed the course. He got to his spots, got to his shots, man. He was making things happen out there. So I thought his play uh, for the game, I thought he played well. 
Yeah, yeah, Dotson, he kind of kept things together. But one of the things that I've just struggled with with watching this team is just inconsistency. You know, like when you look at this game, Windy City went up early in the ball game, but then they weren't able to sustain it because they'll have a quarter where they just kind of just look out of sync. And that's what we saw in this ball game. But like you said, to your point, Dotson did his thing. He kept him in the ball game. Really good job out there. And they were able to pull off the dub. Right. And the thing is, Perez, you always talk about this quarter thing, man, that's always becoming a problem for us. For some reason, it always seemed to be that third quarter for the most part mm -hmm. where we just can't get it right, man. And I think um, I wonder what's being shared coming out of halftime, Perez, and, and then where the team is at. What's the motivation there? Because sometimes we don't play with a sense of urgency. We don't play tough defense coming out the half. And, you know, we, we also miss a lot of shots as well. So I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Because when you look at the next game they had against Delaware, the Delaware Blue Coats, who was a very good team. You and I have seen them up close and personal. That's the uh, Philadelphia 76ers affiliate. They beat Windy City. I mean, there, there was no if and or buts about that one. I mean, they <laughs> Delaware just put it on us, A-Dub. Right. Yeah, they did, man. They came for us. But, you know, we got to do a better job, man, at fighting and battling prayers. And I think sometimes we don't always do that piece of it. Yeah, I mean, in that, in that game, the, the one thing that just stood out to me is you got a team that was coming in there that was been pretty consistent. The Blue Coats, they they had won seven of their last ten games, and they're one of the top teams in their conference. So you knew that they were going to come in there and they were going to give us a good battle. And when I was talking about this team being inconsistent with their quarters, it was a back and forth. It was a back and forth first half a dub against Delaware, but then that third quarter again, Delaware took control. They outscored us thirty six to twenty two. So. I wonder, to the point that you just made a second ago, what is that conversation in the locker room? What is going on with this team in the third quarters of these games? Why do they come out so flat? They make it harder on themselves, bro. Big time hard press. And the thing is, we can't get back in transition. You know, these guys just running through us, man, making easy layups and things like that. I'm like, come on now, coach. Players, come on. You guys got to hold yourselves accountable to this kind of a mess. But I will say on, on the bright side of things, I liked what I saw from Tyler Cook. Double-double. It was good to see him back out there with the team. Devon Dotson, you know what you're going to get from him. Missing consistency, 17-7-6. I mean, I'm glad that he's back on the team, you know, because there was a while there I was like, oh, shit, is he going to come back to the Windy City Bulls? Is he going to come back to the G League? But we yeah. got our answer. Really good player. Glad he's on our side. But we got to clean up these third quarters, A-Dub. I hope Coach Damasant and his team and his staff gets this thing together, bro. I hope so, too, Perez. Uh, they get it together for sure. And I think Coach probably realizing as well, Perez, that, hey, some things that need to happen, some change needs to happen with this team coming out the half. But I'm quite sure that's one of the things he realized that, hey, the third quarter, we've been struggling. No, for sure, for sure. Now, uh, a team that has not been struggling and a team that has this whole city seeing red and having us all proud are our Chicago Bulls. Now, A-Dub, I want to get your thoughts on the first half of this season because I'll tell you one thing man if anybody says that they thought that the Bulls would be tied for the number one seed going into the all-star break they are a damn lie I didn't see it happening I said we were going to be a top four team this season they have exceeded my expectations so what are your thoughts on the first half of this season from the Chicago Bulls bro 
I got to agree with you, Perez. They have exceeded my expectations. Most of the first half has been very positive in my eyes. I know it's been a little bit of um, a little bit of um, concerning based on the fact of our injuries that we have, COVID and all that stuff, Perez. But overall, I have been satisfied with this Bulls team. They have done some things that I never thought they would do with this coming, putting it all together with this unit here. They have done well as a team. They have played really hard. And I have enjoyed this first half of the season watching those guys play. And to your point, think about the fact that this team isn't even 100% and they're the number one seed in the East. We got no Caruso, no Pat Williams. Zach Levine has spent some time out with the knee issues, right? There's been so many guys out. Alonzo uh, Ball out with the knee injury, right? So right. when you look at that, imagine this team where you get all those bodies back. And think about the, the guys like Io that's been able to benefit from the increased playing time. Javante Green, who's been able to benefit from the increased playing time. They are going to be better for all this experience that they've been able to get. Kobe White. Like, I'm just all these guys on this team. <laughs> I'm like, wow. We are having a, we have an embarrassment of riches right now. Yeah, man. This is a great story right here. The Chicago Bulls. You had all these good things you just mentioned about those guys. And then you have DeMar DeRozan playing MVP oh. level, man. It's oh. like, bro, bro, he, to me, he's the lead candidate. I don't care what anybody say about anybody else. He's the lead candidate to me, bro. He got to be. What he, he got to be. Dealt with. Yeah, he got to be. Listen, he just broke a Wilt Chamberlain record. We talking about Wilt Chamberlain, bro. Right. <laughs> so if this man ain't the number one candidate for the MVP, then fuck that MVP. Whoever gets that MVP, man, fuck you. Because DeMar DeRozan is that deal. He just broke a Wilt Chamberlain record. He got KD out here shouting him out on social media. Come on, man. Come on. Man, salute to skill level. Skill level DeRozan, baby. I mean, bro, I'm with you, Perez. I mean, this guy's played ex extremely well at a high level, no matter who's been in the lineup, Perez. Don't matter. He's still getting his. He's still carrying the team, man. You cannot tell me that somebody else better than him right now, Perez. That's Fuck the no. MVP. You can't. Fuck I'm with no. you, Perez. And on top of it, bro, great teammate. You, you guys remember how I talked about how impressed I was with his leadership when he drove two hours to Champaign to go see Io get his jersey put up to the Raffles. I love that. DeMar DeRozan is always that first teammate that's slapping the teammate on the back, hugging his teammates when they do stuff, bigging up his teammates. This guy is the epitome of a leader, a team-first guy, and he's humble as fuck. When they were talking to him about the Will Chamberlain accomplishment, he was like, look, I'm speechless. This man said, <laughs> to even be brought up with a name like that, he said, man, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. And mm -hmm. that shows you, that tells you all you need to know about a guy like that, man. He's just fucking phenomenal person and a great ball player great ball player Perez like you said phenomenal person he's locked in as well I even like the fact that when he actually did his press of Perez um and uh the wrote and, and um I'm sorry and, um who came to interrupt him it was um Zach Levine wow. came to interrupt him bro and Zach was like just he, they were having a good conversation that you can see the camaraderie with those two Perez like they on the same pace you know and they just got a good thing going man and, I, and that's something you just see some of the small details of his leadership that you see like you know what this guy is really coming to Chicago and really just help these guys out they enjoy him they like playing with him Perez ain't nothing bad we can say about DeMar DeRozan and on top of that, to bring up the point that you just making a second ago, he, he interrupted and he was like, see you in uh, Cleveland uh, MVP. So Zach also came in and let them people know this man's the MVP. But <laughs> I want to give Zach his flowers because 
Zach for years was struggling here in Chicago, not him with his game, but just struggling with the fact that he had to play with the guard packs, you know, type of administration. Some of the players that he was surrounded with weren't the best players. Zach was doing everything, right? Right. Now you see Zach in a situation now where I hope that Zach is just taking a moment to just kind of soak all this in and really be thankful for the fact of, man, I'm here after all those initial struggles. <laughs> and I know he's got to feel really good about this season based on what he's dealt with here in the past here in Chicago. A salute to him for pushing through and not quitting and not wanting to request a trade to get out of here. He never quit on us. And I got to give him his flowers for that. Yeah, Fred, he deserved the flowers for that as well. I totally agree with you. And on top of that, Fred, he's been able to make adjustments. He has no problem with DeMar leading the way, leading the charge. No way. You know? no he way. just plays his role, man. Say, I'll back you up, DeMar. Whichever way it works, man, I'm with him. I'm down for the team. So just seeing how he has changed his game around to help to help us continue to win ball games. No, and that's that's facts, bro. That's facts. So shout, shout out to Zach because I don't want that part to get left out of the equation when we're talking about DeMar because DeMar is that deal. DeMar's the MVP. He's the number one. He's the alpha on this team. But there's no DeMar being that alpha and that number one if Zach doesn't humble himself to be cool with the fact that this guy's coming in here to Chicago and taking more of that lead role. What Zach's being more of that supporter role to DeMar DeRozan. But Absolutely. that's Zach not having ego. That's Zach putting the team first. And I think those are things that people need to, to kind of keep in the forefront of their minds. When you look at what DeMar DeRozan is doing, he's doing that because he's on a team with guys that are selfless. This is a very unselfish ball club. They have fun playing with each other. They have a great camaraderie to the point that you were making earlier. You can tell. When you see the, they show pictures and videos of these guys on the, on the plane and, and hanging out together, they just look like they're genuinely enjoying everything. And I love it, man. I just... I'm so excited, man, for the playoff run. I'm so excited for everything. And I and I, I don't want to jinx us, but I'm just telling you, A-Dub, it's hard for me to contain how excited I am because I miss playoff basketball in Chicago. That shit is just like, it's another level. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. It is another level, Prez. And this particular team here, man, has a chance to do some great things. And I'm just excited with you, Prince. You and I both are just really excited about this team and what they're able to do, capable of doing. So, man, I'm telling you right now, man, I can't wait till playoffs come. I'm going to be glued to the television, Prez. Tuned in, baby. And salute to our young bull, Ayo DeSumo, down at the, at the Rising Star game, well, down at All-Star Weekend. He was in the Rising Stars game yesterday. Had five points. They weren't passing him the damn ball. He weren't passing him the damn ball, A-Dub. They were freezing him out. I was looking at these dudes. I'm like, man, these some ball hogs. Io ain't used to playing with cats like that, man. Io was doing what he had to do. He was setting up in the corner open. These motherfuckers ain't passing the rock. I'm like, man, fuck y'all. Press, I thought I wouldn't want to notice that, man. Because I saw on the fast break, I was like, dude, just didn't even look Io way. I didn't said, even what the hell look you? his way. I said, man, you tripping right now, dude. My man wide open. Pass the dang go ball to Io, man. But you're right. I felt he got freezed out, too. Yeah, he definitely got froze out. But anyway, um, one thing, though, I, I still don't think that that takes away from the experience for him. He soaked it all in. Kid is so humble. But one thing that came out of the presser when they were the, when the media was speaking to Io after the game, he talked about how he banged up his thumb in the game. Yeah. He said he went for a chase down block, and he said his thumb bent backwards a little bit. So I didn't like that part. I'm like, all right, Io, you you out here in the game, you know, because the kid only knows one speed, and that's playing hard. But I'm like, all right, man, uh, let's let's chill out now. <laughs> right, we need you. We need you in Chicago, man. We don't need no more injuries going on. But you're no right, Press. I just hope it's not anything crazy with that thumb, man. 
That's right. That's right. But that's one thing you know about Io, man. He's when he put on the uniform, man. He's gonna she gonna go out there. He gonna kill, and that that was his mentality. Even if it was a rising stars game, man, he's had that look in his eye, and I'm and I love it, man. The kid's a gamer, Chicago to the core. We're Chicago state of mind. Io has that Chicago state of mind, y'all. Yes, he does. Salute to you, Io. Yes, sir. A-Dub, now I got to ask you a question here. Let's let's get into a little bit of Chicago Bears talk before we get out of here. So you saw that Allen Robinson has had some subtle shade that he's thrown at his former coach, Matt Nagy. Now, I also hope you saw that former Chicago Bears receiver, Anthony Miller, Mr. Can't Get Right is what I used to call him. <laughs> right? He doubled down on some of that and said that he thought that Pace and Nagy we're sabotaging A-Rob. And it's hard to argue that because when you look at the number of targets that A-Rob had his first two seasons here with mediocre quarterbacks and the fact that his targets cut damn near in half this past season with Justin Fields as the starting quarterback for a majority of the season, it makes you wonder, are they on to something here? Do you think they were being – do you think he was being sabotaged? Because, bro – why 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 wasn't this guy getting targeted? Why was he getting phased out of the game plan? Prez, you know me, I hate to get into the conspiracy part of the game. But <laughs> but you know what? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when he put them stats out there, this is what A Rob did. He posted the stats to show what his, you know, what his catches was, targets were, you know. And you're like, whoa, that's just a huge difference, man. And it make you think that, you know what, Nagy. You guys did something wrong for sure when it came to A-Rob. You all got it wrong. So I know Coach played a huge part in that, man, and they were wrong. Well, okay. If you look at the fact that A-Rob said that Nagy ghosted him on his, you know, end-of-season sit-down, right? He said the guy didn't really talk to him much. He said they didn't talk for months. So what does that lead you to believe? Because I told you it was a lot of times that Allen Robinson just looked like he was just disinterested. He was checked the fuck out. And then you never know the internal stuff that's going on. I mean, people that's listening to this show, you guys all work. And you know how it is to work for an organization where there's all these fucking politics and all this internal stuff in play that prevents you from doing your job. So right. I can only imagine how Alan Robinson felt. Because listen, the company that I work for is a billion-dollar company, and there's so many fucking politics and red tape that go on there. Sometimes I'm sitting here like, man, y'all better stop playing with me. I'm, I'm two seconds from just walking the fuck out of this bitch. <laughs> Now they're exploding, press one the other, man. They're gonna do money. Well, no, I ain't gonna explode. I'm a black man. I can't do that in corporate America. I'll just walk out. <laughs> smart move, smart move. Yeah, man. You know we the the, the yeah, it's, it's different for us, man. We 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 gotta proceed a certain kind of way, <laughs> right? <laughs> I get the perception, bro. But but my point though, by saying that, is the A Rod man. He was just quietly just sitting there, just fuming. <laughs> he was pissed. You yeah, know he was, he was pissed off. Hey, man, I can't deny it. I can't argue with that part of it, too, because I would have been pissed, too, if I was in his shoes, Perez. And, and you hit a good point. You talk about the fact that they didn't even communicate through Zoom or anything like that, man. Him and Nagy, they were, like, offbeat the whole time. So it's like, dude, I'm not sure why I stand with this team, you know, and all this happening. So you're right. A-Rod had a lot to fuel, that lot built up in him, man. And um, I'm glad he didn't explode like that. He just kind of, like, went through some, some conversations. But, man, I, I definitely understand his frustration. And the last piece on this is, on this is you remember those reports that came out when people were saying Nagy's lost the locker room. 
Right. And everybody kind of thought that Alan Robinson was the source of that because his podcast partner was the one that went out and said all that shit. So you got to put two <laughs> or two together there with that as well. Right. <laughs> yeah, you do what you want to do there, A-Rod. You didn't want to say it directly, but indirectly you got what you wanted. Yep, you got the message out there. And right. <laughs> but, but you and I, A-Dub, we always were kind of looking at the team and saying, well, they still compete. They still play hard. They still play down to the wire. But maybe they weren't doing that for Nagy. Maybe they was just doing that for like, hey, because we have pride in this jersey. We have pride and we putting on this, this uniform that, hey, this is bigger than us. But you never know. But they were saying, like, he pretty much had that locker room loss, and those guys were happy to see him gone. Yeah, man. And I can't blame those guys for being happy to want to see him gone. And you're right, Perez. They played hard for themselves. And they also look, salute to those players who still play hard. Yes, sir. All right, man. I got to get you with some Chicago Sky real quick, audience. Congratulations to the GOAT, Candace Parker and her wife. They uh, they welcomed a son to their family, heir Larry. So congratulations to her. Candace Parker, man, has had a great year and a half. <laughs> hey, man, you think the year is going to change up a little bit? It doesn't, man. It keeps getting better and better for Candace Parker, man. So salute to her and our family, man. Congratulations. And you know what? I'm just happy that she's in a place in life where – she can share her joy with the world, you know, because a lot of people, it came to their surprise that not only that she was married, but that she was expecting a child with her and her, with her wife. And so I'm just glad that she could just live her life and share a little bit of that with people and not feel like, you know, she's got to kind of keep things a little bit of a secret. I mean, I don't know the, the, the rationale for why she did it, but I'm assuming that she might be more of a private person. That's fine. But it's mm-hmm. good every once in a while to kind of share some things with other people. So I'm just happy for her. I, I saw the video of them and some pictures of them. They were so happy, man. I'm like, man, this is really cool. You know what I mean? Like, because at the end of the day, you and A-Dub, you and I talk about this all the time. Family first. That yep. shit matters, bro. It does matter, man. It's just good to see her continue to put that out there with her and that family, man, and sharing the joy with us. So salute to Candace Parker on that note, man. Now, I'm so excited to talk about this part. Allie Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot have re-signed with the Chicago Sky. Shout out to Coach Wade, man. How about the job Woo! that he's done in free agency? Because for a while there, we were all, we were, we were nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was nervous, friends, because you asked that question, like, hey, man, how we want to grade this guy, man? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know yet, man. Jury's still out. You went out on the same page with it. And now I'm like, yes! Thank yep. you, thank you, thank you. I feel good now, friends. Because the core is back. The core is back, bro. Yes, they are back. I'm loving this, man. Going for a repeat. And think about this. Your girl, Khalid Copper, back in the fold, right? Right. Candace ain't going nowhere. Candace is that. She's that goat that I always talk about on the team. You got Allie Quigley and also her wife, Courtney Vandersloot, back in the folds. But as we talked about before, Emma Messerman, let's not fucking uh that news. She is going to be a problem on this team. I'm really excited to see what she does in the Chicago Sky uniform. She didn't even play last year because she had a commitment to her national team. So she's coming back to the WNBA. A-Dub, we are going to be good, man. And Kalia Copper was like, look, I can't wait to be back, especially with our core returning. She's like, we want to run it back. But she also acknowledged A-Dub that she knows it's not going to be easy. Because Correct. some of them teams in the WNBA, boy, they loaded up. 
Yeah, yeah. Some teams got loaded. I think with that Phoenix team got loaded. Phoenix team uh, for sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, for us, we also I think we kind of got loaded up too a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I thought we got better than we were on paper than we were last last season. So they gotta play and show us something, of course. But man, if you have you all have not watched the sky, get your tickets, go check them out this coming season. You're gonna enjoy it. Oh, yeah. And we're gonna be covering the Chicago Sky all season here on this network. We are going to be credentialed for the Chicago Sky, so please come here for your Chicago Sky content. A-Dub and I will be in the building all season long. And you guys, we are proud that we will be able to be there because I feel like women's sports needs to be celebrated. I feel like women's sports should be discussed more. And I feel like people should use their platforms to elevate this game because A-Dub, last season, we were obviously – credential to cover the games but you and I went to a couple of their games you and I went to the rally and I was just sitting back just observing everything and I'm like man we got to get credential man we gotta we gotta really get in and do this thing the right way and I'm really glad that we put ourselves in a position to do so because these women are phenomenal and I can't wait to share their stories with our audience yes sir I'm looking forward to doing that with you Perez man it's gonna be awesome yes sir well final segment time if this city could talk And audience, I'm keeping this one short and to the point. If this city could talk, it would say, learn how to settle petty differences with conversation. Let's stop it with the unnecessary beefs that lead to violence that's unnecessary, that leads to people not being here in this world anymore. If you got a difference with somebody, talk it out. If you don't, if you and that person need to just not deal with each other anymore, do so. Keep other people out of situations that they had nothing to do with in the beginning. So if this city could talk, minor differences of opinion or whatever happened between you and a person romantically, handle the shit between the two of you guys. If you don't need to be together anymore, leave each other alone. There's too much nonsense and too much drama that's going on in this world. Stop it. Because it leads to things and situations that are troubling and problematic and people's lives get lost in the, in the process. So if this city could talk, just stop it. Just, just just, chill, y'all. Just chill. Just chill. Put that pity, petty BS to the side. I'm definitely with you on that, Prez. If this city can talk, this goes to shout out to the elementary school up north that changed their name to Harriet Tubman from um, Louis Agassi. You know, Louis Agassi has some you know negative connotations to it from a race standpoint. The parents and all those people stood up and fought against giving that name change. This goes out to you that parents... People, you all have power. You all can make change. Good job with that, and good job with the name going forward. And hope to have some great students come out that school in the near future. Salute to you, Harriet Tubman. Yes, big salute to them. When I saw that, I was like, man, that's that's awesome. That's them uh, not being tone deaf and just being aware of the history because that shit matters. And I like that. That shows a big message um, in that moment of changing that name. And also, Harriet Tubman, I mean, come on now. That's a name that they'll be proud of, being able to represent her heritage and her legacy going forward. So salute to them for sure, A-Dub. Absolutely. Audience, we appreciate you guys and your continued support of the Chicago State of Mind. A-Dub, dope-ass episode, brother, and we are out.
You ask all my teammates. The one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.